Well, maybe my next guest can answer a, a couple of those points because Ken Peace is an acclaimed author, sports journalist and commentator. His latest book is The Bull, David Warner, Daring to be different. And as I mentioned to you just before the news there, feisty, flamboyant, verbose and villainous. Few have been as entertaining or as polarising as David Warner. That captures it beautifully and I'm pleased to say that Ken is on the line. Good morning, Ken. Thanks for your time. Oh, thanks so much, Matty. My, my pleasure. Hey, you've written a heck of a lot of books over a long, long time. I want to know where this one sits because it's a, it's a much deeper story. I read the the chapter and the excerpts around 2018 and you would have just heard Mike, our caller there, discuss the fact that it was a long time ago and when do we when do we get on with it. But how, how much of a different book was this one to the ones that you've written previously? Well, I started it with trepidation, Maddie, because I contacted James Erskine, uh, Warner's manager, and he didn't basically let, let me near Davey. And so it meant that I had to talk to his mentors, his coaches, his mates, the selectors. And so the book has really been told through the eyes of those closest to him. And I'm really glad it has been because if this isn't a honeyed biography in, in any way at all, like I throw the punches and they're out there. We talk about all the so-called uh, good things, uh, him being um, expelled from the Cricket Academy as a 19, 20-year-old in Brisbane the punch on Joe Root at the walkabout bar, all the polarising on-field stuff, the sledging of Jacques Carlos and every South African, A.B. de Villiers, these sorts of boys. It's been an amazing... Like, he was, as you were saying, wild and wanton, especially early, especially before meeting Candace. But since then, he's really improved. And I went, in writing this biography of him, from being as polarised as any of the callers in any of the text messages, to really warming to him each and every day. And now, on uh, while I don't condone what happened uh, with cricket being brought undone, such a raft of resignations, and uh, there was just mayhem, chaos off the field that he created. But at the same time, he's had this amazing roller-coasting career, and I'm with your last caller. It happened five years ago. Maybe it is time to forgive him. Which is a really interesting point too. I mean, you go very deep into what happened there, and and you take us to areas, I guess, that a lot of people don't really don't really know about or recall what happened at Sandpaper Gate in 2018, which was an extraordinary time, and the level that it played out, or the, the amount of traction that it gained, and the storylines that it generated were off the charts, Ken. I mean, absolutely incredible, as you well know. But there is a feeling. Well, that there's still more to come, yeah, isn't on. there? Um, maybe. Well, there's certainly going to be because David in time will do his own autobiography when he does retire from Test, so sometime in 2024. At the time, one of the Cricket Australia sponsors rang James Sutherland, the then CEO, he's with Golf now, of course, saying that the one-year bans for Smith and Warner and nine months of Bancroft were far too lenient. He wanted them all, all three, to get life. And when uh, Sutherland said, no, uh, they've got their fair, fair whack, he withdrew his company's $6 million sponsorship. And so his thoughts were really echoed that of the public. We were so angry. But it wasn't necessarily Warner's fault. Certainly the initial act was. But that night, when we were at the press conference at Newlands at Cape Town, Smith and Bancroft came up there and they told blatant lies, 
absolute lies. And Australia don't mind being beaten at sport, but we don't want to cheat. And we certainly don't want to lie about it. So that exacerbated everything. And it made it so difficult for Warner and Smith to be able to once again get the trust of the Australian sporting public. Absolutely. As you rightly point out there, the polarising nature of David Warner is there for all to see. We talk about it, and at the moment we're talking about it you know, a lot, especially off Mitchell Johnson, but the entertaining side. So let's just go back to cricket terms. In the entertaining side, the first Aussie cricketer to play 100 internationals across tests, ODIs and T20s, he's done the lot, and he sells tickets. He puts bums on seats. So when you take away even if it is the off-field or, in this case, the on-field stuff, and you just focus on David Warner, the cricketer, what kind of story did you get out of that? Well, it was really incredible. Like, um, his skill set is amazing. Greg Chappell did the forward, and he actually wrote it before I'd even sent him one word of the manuscript. He believed in me, but he also believed in Warner so much. He was the one that was really trying to fast-track him, and he had ringed Brian Tabor in Sydney and say, Tabs, you've got to pick this kid He's just, a, he's just a white ball whacker. He's just a, a slogger. No, no, Tabs, he's going to be far, far better than that. He's from the wrong, wrong side of the, of, of the river. Tabs, come on, that's never worried you before. But Warner would go into the, uh, into the SCG nets. Uh, Bing Lee would be buying and Nathan Bracken, sometimes Stewie Clark. Come on, boys, just pitch it as short as you like. Try and knock my block off. And he'd go whack and whack. And he, he had this amazing mercurial spirit. And he, he just refused to buckle and conform. And some of the people around cricket can be pretty conservative, were really turned away by this cocky kid. But that was just part, that brashness is all part of why he became so good. If you take that away, and Justin Langer did a, a bit in 2019 in the Ashes, he wanted him to play a foreign game, not go out and whack the ball like he has in Australia in particular, you know, where he's been just about the ultimate flat bat uh, flat track bully, he wanted him to play defensively and buy time and allow Smith and Labashan, some of these boys, uh, to go in against a softer ball when the wicket had flattened. And Warner, being the team man, being the ultimate team man, maybe one of the um, greatest team players Australia has ever had. And you, if you speak to Trent Woodhill, his master batting coach, about that, um, he'll tell you the story. Um, he, he, he conformed and he averaged, what, under 10 only scored 160 and 95 uh, runs for the whole 10 innings. So um, by playing the foreign game, didn't work for him. So he's best when he goes out, like in the MCG Boxing Day Test match, which triggered this book. He made 200 and a publisher rang me and said, Ken, do you think you could do a, a, a book on Warner? He certainly deserves it. Everybody loves him again. And I think they do. But one of the mistakes, if you like, Warner made, uh, Maddie, is that he didn't, really break down in tears at his press conference like a Steve Smith who was inconsolable realising the enormity of what had happened. He's really let his bat talking and he hasn't done too much talking on exactly what happened and just how remorseful he is. Maybe that is to come for his own book in 12, 18 months' time. Yeah, I reckon you're right. Um, Just finally, so when you saw Mitchell Johnson's comments and, and the firestorm that started after that, Ken, what was your reaction? Oh, well, he's saying a lot of uh, things, Mitch, that a lot of the public uh, are saying, but there's obviously some old skeletons in in the closet there uh, because it's impossible when you tour, and uh, somebody else was asking me about Andrew McDonald, the coach today, 
uh, you know, he could have the job for life given his success. I said, well, I don't think he's going to want the job for life because when you travel with the Australian team, and Davey Warner's there in all three formats, he's away from home, that beautiful luxury home uh, right on the beach, you know, for 300 days out of 365. And when you travel with the same set of boys, like you are like brothers, but every family has fallouts, they all have rumbles, and this one is a big one right now. Mm, absolutely. How many books are you up to at the moment, mate? You, you'd be well over. <laughs> you had uh, 100? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I haven't got 100. Jack Pollard's out of Sydney, uh, going back a generation. He uh, wrote or published something like 96 or 97. I'm up to 87, so 20 on, 20 on AFL, 66 on cricket, and that's including some ghosts of ones. Matty, as you know, I've yeah. been a friend of so many of the champions of the game, Lockett and Brereton and Dunstall, uh, Paul Salmon, uh, Tony Liberatore, these sorts of big names down south in, in Melbourne. So I've included those amongst those 87. Uh, one was written on the war about my dad and his experiences as a commando uh, after Singapore had fallen. So I've really been living the dream for the last 20 or 30 years, yeah. writing my books, uh, Matty. And um, if people love sport, at some stage in their library, they're going to have a Ken Peace book somewhere there. <laughs> <laughs> so you're 87 not out, which in cricketing terms means, and those listening who understand that will know that I've got both feet off the ground while I talk to you because uh, it's the it's the unlucky <laughs> number when you're <laughs> when you're a batter. But I'm sure you've got plenty to come. Great to catch up with you this morning and get the insights. Looking forward to reading this book in its entirety. Um, it's been a pleasure to speak to you this morning, Ken. Thanks so much. Thanks again, Maddie. For people who want the signed limited edition of the Bull David Warner, they can go to my website, cricketbooks.com.au. But thanks again, Maddie, for your time. Good man. Cricketbooks.com.au. The Bull David Warner, Daring to be Different, written by Ken Peace. He's also written the ABC of Cricket, On Your Warney, Favourite Cricket Yarns. Did a book on the Taylor years, 1994 to 1999, and plenty as well on AFL in particular. Um, but there's some insights on the man who is a hot topic of conversation right now. We're back after this break.